0: I am not too bad, thank you. It's a little noisy here in the office today, so I've shut myself in the cupboard. Well, it's not the cupboard; it's the, it's the junk room that uh, it will eventually be another office, but right now it's just got boxes in it. So it's me and the boxes, and I'm not sure which has the most life in them at the moment.
1: Maybe we should have started recording while you're admitting what a terrible recording conditions you
0: have to suffer through. It is. I do have coffee somewhere. Oh, and I just go get it. Um, I am recording because I always, um, I'm unlike you, always prepared. <laughs> oh, God. Is this, way, is this how we're going to start every podcast? Is you just beating up on me? I mean, honestly. Well, it just makes it show that actually, you know, we, if we start with me beating up on you, now I've got nowhere to put my coffee. If it starts with me beating up on you, then um, from there, it, uh, you know, it just goes up, doesn't it? It can't go any worse. For whom? <laughs> well, well, that is true. That is true. So, are we um are we ready? I'm trying to uh, balance on boxes and coffee and everything else. I'm just about to turn the trash can upside down to put my coffee on. This what could possibly go wrong?
1: <laughs> There's the episode title right there. What could possibly go? Oh shit! <laughs> what could possibly go? Dot dot Ah! Right. Are you uh, are you recording? I have been recording. This is comedy gold, and I'm glad we have it. Sam, do your do your magic. <laughs> yes.
0: Uh, last week's show was a little late going up because uh, uh, Sam was a little ill. So uh, he's, but he's back now, and the, the show is up. So as we record this, I think the show last week's show has been up for about three hours. So, uh, but of course. If I hadn't said that, no one would know that because they have no idea when we record and don't record, but there we are. um, We could pretend, what have you done in the last three hours, but of course it's actually been uh, seven days.
1: Well, I think first thing we should say is that nobody knows we exist to begin with, so nobody knows that you claim that we exist. No, wait, I've got lost in the logic. I actually had something useful to talk about this week.
0: Um, In fact, before you go there, our existence is a matter of faith, really, isn't it? It is, and I have uh... (laughs) every faith
1: that you (laughs) exist.
0: That's good because otherwise you've been speaking to yourself every week for the last eight years. Yeah, no,
1: or just (laughs) which may have been more productive, to be honest. It's exceptionally well fabricated audio, bot.
0: (laughs) (laughs) anyway, John, what have you got this week to uh, to entertain, educate, fascinate,
1: Uh, all those things? Well, so last week I said that I was working on some performance uh, tuning, and I I managed to get some some. Uh, get some good improvement and learn a couple of things along the way. So this way. was the
0: stuff where you had the um, the embedded video yes. player inside a table view cell. Yep. So you had lots of them and with scrolling everything you were, you thought the um, instantiation of the video controller from the or the zip file mm-hmm. was was causing a performance bottleneck. Is that the, was that the one we're talking about?
1: Yes, indeed. Oh my God, Scotty, I'm 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 verklempt. You actually listened and remembered what I was talking about. So there there is a, an ongoing argument, and I uh, you know certainly, and it's not an argument. There's an ongoing kind of you know uh, uh, series of discussions or opinions about whether it's safe to use Zibs if you really care about performance. So the, the argument for using them is is that they cut down a lot on on kind of tedious code, especially. For for setting audio layout constraints, for example. Um, or even just, you know, setting up a, 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 even a simple button and setting it carefully to, to change the alignment of images or, and, and whatnot, um, and being able to set different, uh, you know, uh, different characteristics for different screen sizes. I personally love zip files. I have for the longest time. It seems like it allows you to focus on stuff that, that code is really designed for, which is logic, and leave the layout configuration to, uh, uh, you know, a mechanism that's better suited for it. That's not to say that, that I think one thing that people don't Realize because it's 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 not obvious is that an an interface builder file really is free stride objects and when you instantiate them connections need to be made and a a lot of work gets created and so uh, because it, 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 it a lot of people just think from working on other operating systems that any graphical layout tool just you know, generate some type of, of rules. Um, and that's something that's... It's very subtle and and th- it's not very easy to tell. There is a, a way that you can kind of really make it uh, hit home that that interface builder objects are real objects. Um, and I can talk about that a little bit later. But so you end up with, with zip files and there's a phenomenon that's described by a colleague of mine, Jordana, called zipception, where, you know, you start using zip files and it, it's pretty easy for them to get bloated... And and that's kind of a normal thing. You're starting on a project, starting from a blank sheet of paper, and then you start building up functionality, and, and then you want this reusable component to 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 be flexible to to meet some different needs. Um, and it, it is a, an ongoing thing where where you know we are putting video in, in more and more places within the app, and so in some cases you just want the you just want the naked video, and other cases you want more sophisticated user experience. So what I've had as a goal for this 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 reusable component is is something that can can meet these different requirements without sacrificing performance. So the challenge you, you run into is, is you have to prepare for all the possible options. In other words, if you're going to have complex UIs, you have to somehow get those complex UIs onto the screen, and that involves uh, either creating them in code or decoding them from, from object archives. And so that really becomes the trick. You know, because during the course of a of, of, of a project, you're trying to figure out the best way to architect it, to design it, to have the least amount of code to make it as configurable as possible. And uh so it, I I find, at least for my own personal use, is that you, you you know, tend to keep things simple to begin with, and then make it more complicated as you need it to be, or or to to break it down a little bit. So the the zip file for this video player um, had become pretty complicated, and it got to the point where it, there's a lot of overhead for decoding everything when you might not need everything. Certainly at the, at the beginning point, because over the life cycle of a video player, you may just want to have some video playing back you may want some types of things to say that the video is loading and you you may want to have some baseline things like having a placeholder image. So those are things that just have to exist for the, the baseline functionality. You know, sophisticated animated buttons and and things like that, uh, and 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 you know, kind of gradient shims that that can animate onto the screen as something happens, or buttons to give you new options, or things like that. Those are things that don't have to be on right away. And so, you know, my initial implementation of something was just a straight-on you know view controller. Uh, that when you you create a view controller, you know, uh, it's you do it you know init with nib name right? Uh, and so you kind of are creating the view controller class, but you're, you're basically the, the decoding of it, the the, 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 the the creation of it is all done by by decoding zip files. And so that can be a, a process which can easily take more than the magic 16.7 seconds or whatever the magic number is that's uh, 60 frames per second allows you, right? So that's always the gold standard. Don't make any operation that, that happens. Take more than that, otherwise you're going to drop frames. So... At some point, you know, you're working along and then you say, okay, well, I'm working on a super fast device. Things seem to be okay, but let's now look on a slower device. And then you say, ooh, things are taking too long and frames are being dropped. So then where it becomes interesting, that's when the people who say zibs are the devil's work will snicker at you and say, you're an idiot. You never should uh, use a zib in the first place. And I not wanting to to give up my zip, saying that may not entirely be true. Um, because really it comes down to the fact that things will take the amount of time that they they take right there's no getting around it i am not convinced that decoding well it's, it's quite possible that decoding an object archive takes more time than than creating one in code because there's so i i can believe that but i don't believe that overhead that difference which amounts to matters of milliseconds is really the important factor and and just because that's the case, should you then throw out the baby with the bathwater? It really just comes down to when do you take that hit? And there are a lot of techniques you can use. And I, I found that for one thing, especially if you're if you're using zip files in embedded, you know, in, 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 in table views or collection views, um, you know, oftentimes when you're fetching data, you have, you know, a second or, or so, certainly way more than 16.7 seconds, um, uh, to be able to, to, while you're fetching data from the server and maybe even, you know, filling up a cache of images, um, during which time you may have some type of spinner or, or something more sophisticated. Um, and during that time, that's a good time where you can warm up the cache. You can force decode zip files. You can force unarchive the, the top-level object of, of a zip file and then get a view hierarchy. And that can happen very, very easily while you're not scrolling and uh, so nobody would be any the wiser that if you were doing that. And the other thing too is that if you're reusing zip files, um, because is that, uh, there's a certain amount of, of overhead in, in creating the archive, you know, loading it from disk and then in, in unarchiving them, um, or you know, kind of recreating the view hierarchy. So there are two little different steps. So the most expensive way of doing it is just using you know, UI nib, or, you know, a UI view controller init with nib, because at that particular time you're loading the the, the, the nib file or zip file. Um, uh, directly from disk each single time, and you're not getting anything cached. There's a, a UI nib class method called UI nib nib named, um, which if you do that, it will then be cached and held onto. it. So the next time you ask for uh, the same nib, you won't have to to have that overhead, um, and so. So that's one thing. And so you can make class methods on your view controller and you can do something like, you know, get cached zib or get cached nib or cache nib or however you want to call it, but that just basically returns that method, UI nib nib named, um, with the appropriate name for what you want to do and then you get a certain level of caching. But the other thing you can do, um, and this I think was the stuff that, that I knew was possible, but this is the first time I've kind of gone in and done it with such thought, is the... You have to remember the actual uh, uh method name, but especially instantiate with owner basically the thing that will fully decode a a a nib file and give you its top level object, which will be however it's defined in the in the in the nib file but it's typically a view right and so uh instead of having a single gargantuan zip file, you can make smaller ones and it's very easy to 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 make little convenience methods like you can even create a class method new on a on a view and new will return you know the 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 cache nib instantiate with owner uh for itself and uh, then we'll give you that view and so it's very very easy in in half a line of code um to be able to get a view that's fully decoded and one that will give you that that will will be faster every time that you use it the second and third time will be faster than the first time and so then what you can do is you can have a a kind of a hybrid approach where you can have some of your view hierarchy in your view controller laid out programmatically because to create a bunch of container views programmatically even creating the auto layout constraints there's some helper methods you can create to make it less annoying or you can use the the visual language if you like but just create kind of uh, placeholders for it Uh, and then when and then you can defer the loading of the view for subviews for things like complex sliders or, or stack views of buttons that, that may may not be needed on first run, defer that until after the fact, after playback has begun in the case of video, or rather just when, when playback is requested so that what you can do is, is you, instead of having a single massive decoding of everything in the world, you have them in smaller bits and each of those different smaller bits of decoding will, will, will fit within the, the, the comfortable amount of time needed to avoid dropping frames. Um, And that's what I've done. And it seems to work very, very nicely. So you end up getting the best of both worlds, um, that you can have complicated layouts that can be swapped in and so you kind of have a, a skeletal structure for your view controller and then you can customize it by saying hey if i want a slightly different header view and if you want you can allow your delegate to provide that header view and and they can do it however they wish so, so if somebody wants to do it programmatically and, and do it the hard way they can uh, and if somebody wants to do it the easier way with with zip files they can do that as well and you have a system that, that seems to work well so i'm, I'm actually I'm, I'm pretty pleased with this
0: Oh, that's really cool. Firstly, I need some clarification because I think a couple of times you said 16.7 seconds. I'm assuming you meant 16.7 milliseconds. Sorry, yes. I said yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, okay, because 16.7 seconds yes. for every operation is not going to give you 60 frames per no, second. No. <laughs> My bad. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So that's good. know. I, I, I assume that's yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah. Okay, I mean, and so the – the I mean, last week when we talked about this, you were worried the performance wasn't going to be good enough as mm-hmm. opposed to it actually definitely wasn't. But, you know, is it is it now – you're confident the performance would be good enough this way, or you've seen a, 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 a recognizable difference in oh, yeah. user.
1: No, no, no. Uh, well, I've, we've measured it, right? So, you know, at, at the end, there's no substitute for firing up instruments and using the uh, CPU time and, and core animation uh, timing instruments so that you can see, you know, the amount of time spent on each of the different operations. It's a little bit tricky. You have to kind of get the app running, you know, start it. Take a, a, a time sample that's long enough to to be meaningful, but not so long that it becomes very difficult to navigate in there. You look for the CPU peaks, you kind of select them. There are definitely you know uh, plenty of good uh, WWDC videos about how to do this, but in the end, that that's what you're looking at, and then it's 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 plain as day. You can see. Um, where the operations how how they roll up because it, you know in, especially in the case of zipception and i love this term because it is common that you know if you have reusable components you may have views that that themselves are loaded elsewhere and have awake from you know, nib methods in there that will do things that are potentially, uh, expensive. Um, and then and this is also the case, uh, for things like animated buttons. We use Lottie a lot and I've talked about in the past, but you know, to, to, to load up a button or a view that uses a Lottie animation, then you're getting the hit of loading some JSON and decoding it and, and, um, doing what, ma- you know doing things that, that you may uh, need to do with it with a, the json file that 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 creates a lot of animation and since we use that a lot we have lots of animated buttons um just by including those in in a zip file um you're you're getting that overhead so it really just comes down to you can roll up and see in a table view cell, for example, when when you you may have a method that configures something, right? So let's go configure our video player because we're going to need it. So that's really where it comes down to is that you add up all the different bits of decoding, all the different code that's getting you know invoked in awake from nib or you know view did load or wherever it's being done. It's it's it, it it's again it 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 may not be even anything to do specifically with zip decoding. It may just have to do with 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 work that's being done in the typical places where where views are, are fully instantiated, or view controllers are fully instantiated. You know, it's very typical in viewDidLoad or wake from nib that you say, okay, you know, I'm I'm. I'm, it's, it's it's like, it's like being on, 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 on a stage. It's like, you're about to go out on stage, better get your costume on, better get, you know, get things ready for the next costume change. All these things that you have to get done, that's, that's the equivalent in code. And so um, you just have to, you have to carefully stage manage things to be able to make sure that don't don 't put on more costumes don't set things up more in a more complicated fashion than is absolutely needed. You just have to be very very thoughtful of it and instruments is 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 what allows you to do it um, and i I would say kind of thinking about this entire process is that I'm not unhappy with the approach I took, right? And it's like, because there's a lot of unknowns when you're creating something that's new and you also, when you have uh, changing designs. Um, and I think it's it's not to say that you should never think about performance in the beginning. That would be a stupid thing to say. Of course you have to do. But in the back of your mind, you can start to think about, okay, for for ease of use sake and while i'm figuring something out i will make a a larger view controller or more complicated zip hierarchy than i might otherwise do in the end but you can kind of think to yourself this is this is a portion that's only needed in this case so if i need to take that away and put it somewhere else i can do that and that's a case of of you know judicious use of pragma marks in your in your large in your in your view controller um uh or, or anywhere and saying hey this is all related to something the header view the footer view the, the this that and the other view um and just kind of think about systems so that that if you know you need to go and and break them apart it's easier to do and uh i do have one more thing that i wanted to say but i wanted to to give a breath
0: uh to you uh if you wanted to stop no no let, let's let's okay. keep going let's, okay let, let's 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 get it all out of you, John. Okay. Let's, squeeze, let's squeeze you dry.
1: Okay. So I would said earlier that uh, it's not easy to tell that a, that a zip file really is an object archive um, and that, that when, you, when you even load them up in Xcode, there's a lot of behind-the-scenes instantiation that's going on. Um, and there is something I remember the first time I ever saw a zip file or a nib file. It really was back in the next days. And there was this object that exists called First Responder, and I, for the longest time, I didn't. I, I kind of only vaguely knew what it was for. Um, and I just remembered. Oh, you can make. I remember seeing demos like you can connect it to the first responder, and some magic will happen. And I was so busy learning other things that I never kind of uh, thought about it much more. And then usually, um, when I connect, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, a button for example, and set its target to be something, I typically do it to file owner. Files owner, which in the case of a view controller is the view controller itself, and and that kind of intuitively makes sense. However if when you have uh let's call them sub nibs or kind of you know things that that are necessary for a a master nib a parent nib or a parent view controller parent view um if you break things out into smaller components you may very well happen let's say a kind of a footer view which maybe has a slider and some buttons there and some text and and um you then think, well, that's a pain in the butt. If I break that into a separate one, how do I get, how do I pass the message from this standalone nib file, pass it back, to the ultimately the, the controller object that needs to receive that message. And that's that's where first responder really shines. And 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 then you you kind of have these aha moments because you can open up that zip, it belongs to Xcode, it's in a project, and, and if you're ever wondering what Xcode is doing all the time while it's recompiling and 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 or kind of processing in the background, part of what it does is it it helps build the the first responder hierarchy. So first responder mechanism allows you to connect and an object a, a ui control typically a view a button something like that uh to another object that is a placeholder that says i'm going to receive this message or this message will be sent to me and, and if i can deal with it if i can work on it i will if not it will go up the responder chain which means any other objects that are in the view hierarchy all the way to the very top and since you have a a, a sub-view in, in something that ultimately is owned by a view controller, you know, a, a, another stop on the first responder train will be the parent view controller. So without having to do any code, you can just connect a button to an outlet in your nib file's first responder object and magically, at runtime, the message will get set, sent to the right person. So you don't have to have delegates that would say, you know, that this little view is a delegate of another parent and I can send a message to my delegate and allow the delegate to forward it up. Um, you can end up having these these kind of delegate bucket brigades that become very tedious to manage. And a and, uh, first responder just works like a truck. Like a charm, and when you have that experience of connecting it up there, and you see the list of all the different messages that can be received by any of the objects anywhere in your in your project, it becomes uh, kind of magical. And you say, "Oh wow, <laughs> it's worth all this processing," or there is a lot of complexity there uh, that exists on the part of Xcode uh, and and these Apple frameworks to then allow your app to, to to you know your development to to be pleasant. All right, so that's the end of my long speech.
0: Well, no that's been really interesting, and it just shows that you know um uh yeah you know, that you have basically solved a problem through a series of what are effectively simple steps mm-hmm. i mean you know okay it's we've just been going for like, fifteen minutes or so, I don't know, but mm-hmm. i mean you you know it, that's not long in in terms of explaining something, so it's uh, i think this uh you know, and it just raises a you know thing doesn't it, about the approach of you know just. Well, how do I break it down just a little bit more and make one bit better and and, as opposed to just starting again or doing all this stuff, you know, just trying to be really overly clever. But, um, you know, sometimes two or three simple steps was faster than one complex step. Exactly. Um, And in a way to look at it. So, uh, yeah, I, I can't remember if we were recording or not when I was turning the trash can upside down to put my coffee on in the uh, sort of store cupboard I'm sat in at the moment. Um, and we said, what could possibly go wrong? I think um, yeah, in the last couple of days, I've entered into a what could possibly go wrong sort of moment, really. Um, I remember I've uh, been talking for a few weeks now about uh, uh, I've been in, in bindings, multi-threaded hell with the <laughs> yes. with the Moneywell well. Uh, Mac app. Well, we yeah we've 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 been working on the money well for about eight weeks now. It feels like longer, but it's about eight weeks. Um, know yeah, it's still absolute hell. This stuff. Um, and so after, um, uh, after spending last week, when I was explaining about you know I was, I was just trying to clean it up, get rid of warnings, and that sort of stuff to get me around the code a bit more and understand it. Um, so it's so it's all a bit bit cleaner. Sort of did a bit of a reflecting, and I would say. Somewhere between seventy and seventy-five percent of the code for MoneyWell is in this common framework I was talking about last week that's shared between the Mac app and um, the iPad app, as it currently is. Um, Therefore, about twenty-five to thirty percent of the code being you know in in the Mac app itself, and obviously it's the Mac app stuff where all the bindings are and all that crap is. Um, Equally, I think I was talking last week a little bit about how. We couldn't get rid of some deprecation warnings because, you know, a lot of the UI is still using NSCell in table views as opposed to newer NS uh, um, using view-based tables. Um, so that was a little bit of an issue. So after fighting this thing for a couple of months and it being a complete nightmare, we made the the decision this week to to redo that thirty percent from scratch hmm. um, and to you know to get rid of the the current UI code and just re-implement it. Um, yeah, using the current code is our basis and whatever else. I mean, I'm not talking just making it up. You know, the UI will still. Yeah, it's one of those things where to the user it won't look any different at mm. the end. But uh, the code's there because yeah, we could. Yeah, We're gonna have to live with this code for a long time. You know, with the NSL stuff, it's way out of date. Um, uh, so we talked about you know rewriting 30% of the app. That's about roughly at the maximum. Is a risk. Um, that 's where the what could possibly go wrong bit comes in, but it 's not the same as starting the app from scratch, so you know seventy percent of the code will still be the same code or even maybe seventy five percent of the code' is in there so there's been a bit of a a file new project moment this week you know of course that means now um you know the new code we've made the decision to to write in swift um because it 's brand new project uh because there is so much <laughs> It's the thing as well. It's it's really quite fascinating that is, you know, even when you're working as an engineer trying to be fastidious about things, when a code base is 10 years old, it's amazing how much cruft is in it. Mm. And and it's more than 10 years old. Um, and I'm not talking about cruft as in it could be written differently. I think code that you realize it's not even being used anymore, or it's not being called anymore, or it might be being called, but it doesn't need to be called anymore. Um, and one of the... One of the reasons for choosing Swift to go move to Swift to do this, um, because as I said last week, um, I've been quite enjoying working with Objective C again, and it's, it's been great, is it prevents us from just copying code over without really working out what it's doing. And uh, so, by doing a migration of taking the Objective C code, translating it to to more to Swift, and maybe using more modern parts of the framework or whatever else, is going to force us to to properly reevaluate, other than just cut and paste and maybe introduce more issues of the same thing so you know i there are people out there right now i know screaming at us and saying you idiots uh there are other people saying good call um but it's going to be uh interesting to to see how well it goes We've, we've basically decided to um set ourselves some mini targets and um you know take a few weeks and you know in a few weeks assess where we are and if we haven't made what we consider enough progress in those few weeks to to be prepared to scrap the two weeks work and go back to doing it the way we were before. So we're not going to set off on a months and months and months exercise and then just hope it goes well. Um, so, yeah, so it's going to be interesting. But what it's made me realize is because um you know, been working in Objective-C on the manual stuff for a couple of months now and was working on uh, React Native for quite a while before that with stuff that uh, how rusty my Swift code is. Basically, all my Apple languages are really rusty. Mm. <laughs> so I'm just the right person to be doing a podcast for <laughs> <laughs> Apple development because <laughs> I have no, no idea what I'm doing. Uh, it's nice. We're going to be using Swift 5, um, not that I think that's massively different from Swift 4.2. I mean, there are, are some differences. Um because I think uh, our deployment target levels are going to be okay with that. Obviously, I'm running Xcode uh, 10.2 beta 3, uh, which seems pretty stable. Um, so, so that's quite nice. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to, uh, uh, to see how it goes. Um, yeah, so it's. Uh, uh, yeah, I will keep you updated. So on the what could possibly go wrong stakes. I think this is a great
1: you know, sub-project name. And I hope that for the show notes, you'll take a picture so that people can see the precarious position you find yourself in at the moment, <laughs> literally and figuratively.
0: <laughs> it's true. I, will, I have to get Sam or Matt to come into the uh, uh... Come into the storeroom and and take a photo. We, we. um,
1: I think honestly, that should be that's that's a task best made for video. Like you know, Sam should fire up the snark scam, the snark cam, and say, Scotty, come on, man, it's time for me to go bed. (laughs) Get out of my living room.
0: See, I'm going to have to post into Slack now while I'm here doing this. That um, you know, John wants you to come and take video of the. uh, uh, of what's going on so uh, uh yeah see well we we share an office building with another company and normally that company uh, um they all go home about five o'clock so um at five o'clock there is the office is pretty quiet um i've trained matt and sam well enough to sit there without saying anything when we we're recording in the office like the the good chaps they are um but there were some meetings going on today so i uh i put myself in the store cupboard but um well it's not it. it's an office that uh, uh that uh has got storage stuff in I I,
1: I think in great Silicon Valley fashion, you should, like, you know, turn it into an incubator and take 90 percent of the eventual gains of whatever company that that gets set up
0: there. 90 percent of the company. Well, they're a health and safety company, so nothing's getting set up. Everything's. Yeah. OK. Okay. well, um, I'm glad you solved your ZIP problems. Um and uh, that's been really interesting to hear about. Um, I have a whole bunch of other stuff about syncing. That, um, I'd like to cover, but you know, I think we've probably gone long enough today. So remind me next week that I need to talk to you about syncing and the black box that is iCloud and um how um my my experience of having sync on another product and then having to deal with their tech support about it. Has made us totally change our mind about how we're doing syncing because we don't want to handle that type of support.
1: Oh my God, the titles just write themselves A sinking yes. feeling of black boxes. What were you thinking?
0: <laughs> so that's next week. So let's 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 not uh, be uh, any premature excitement there. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and, so, John, if people want to um, uh, send you uh, congratulatory messages about your engineering prowess for for your, what do you call it? Zipception. Zipception. I think that's got to be the title of the show, really, isn't it? Zipception. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, where should they do it?
1: Uh, well, you can find me on the Twitter. as Jembe. That's D-J-E-M-B-E, like the West African what? Drum. There we go. Well, Scott, if people, since you're much too cool to use Twitter and, and people want to find you on the the alternative parts of, of the, the, the internets, where might they find you?
0: Well, I did actually fire Twitter up today for the first time in a while, and I had eighteen mentions. I had to go and have a look through. Um, they were all to do with a they were all to do with a very old song I wrote, uh, not song tune. I wrote many, many years ago to tell people how to pronounce Matt Gemmel's name. Oh my god! Um, oh, so, I hope you have it still somewhere. Uh, yeah, I, I'll put a link in the show notes um, <laughs> just just for old time's sake. Uh, but on Twitter, I am Mac and as you might have gathered, I might occasionally go look um, on micro.blog, Blog. I am Scotty. And, of course, you can get hold of both of us by sending feedback to iDeveloper at – well, feedback at iDeveloper.co. And um, Sam also gets to read that one, so, yeah, that makes him very happy as well. So, John, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, It's the beginning of your day, and you're about to to go off and do your job, and um, it's towards the end of my day, and I'm about to –
1: Do your um, job, which is to have beer.
0: Yeah, yeah, hopefully. Um, So, it's been great to see you. Uh, Thanks very much. Thanks. Oh, I really learned – I really – should learn to speak English before doing a podcast, shouldn't I? Mm. Or any language competently would be good (laughs) rather than the incompetence I do. So let me just slow down and try this. Try this. John, it's been an absolute pleasure. And thank you very much to everyone for listening. And until next time, you take care. Thank you.
1: You got there in the end. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I can't read your mind, Scotty.
0: No, I can't. That's right, because I just a different ending on you every week. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs>